Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod, and I'm back here for another Monday morning episode. Chris, once again, not with us. Hopefully, he'll be back with us soon regularly. He will be back for the Idiots in the News on Wednesday. But we still have news to cover. As always, it doesn't stop. But before we get into anything, let's jump into the weather here. In Los Angeles, California, it'll be clear today with a high of 84. And just a heads up, very clear week. And that's going to be a trend throughout this uh, weather update. In Houston, Texas, it'll be mostly clear today with a high of 100. Again, pretty much clear throughout the entire week with some clouds possibly rolling in over the weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it'll be mostly cloudy today with a high of 87. And again, a pretty clear week with some clouds coming in towards the weekend. And in New York City, it'll be mostly clear with a high of 81 degrees. And again, just a pretty stellar week. Uh, Some clouds every now and again here, a few days throughout the week. But overall, really beautiful, clear weather for the week. Not a lot of rain. Although we are expected to get some up here where I'm at, uh, so that should be interesting. Although, when you look at the forecast, it just says drizzle, so perhaps it's not really going to be that much at all. Uh, Chances are we won't even get a drop on the ground. (laughs) Because that's how it seems to go, right? Like, if it says drizzle in the forecast, it'll go one of two ways. I don't know if it's the same for any, like, anyone listening across the country or in other countries, uh, but I know here it could go one of two ways. Drizzle never just means drizzle. Drizzle never just means like a slight, oh, we have a little bit of misty rain here or some drops here and there. No, 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 no. Drizzle either means it's going to be completely dry and absolutely nothing's going to happen or it's going to turn into a giant thunderstorm. Um, (laughs) just how it seems to work when it comes to looking at the forecast ahead of time but uh usually if you see you know it's gonna be sunny it's gonna be clear it usually sticks to that uh usually just comes with any time it decides to start raining or if it's winter snowing yada yada same old same old (laughs) but no again kind of like i said on i believe friday not much going on, not too much noteworthy to really speak of. It's been quiet, and especially without Chris here, it's been way too quiet. You guys know that. You know that all too well. You know, it's just been me, and that's no fun. <laughs> Hopefully, like I said, Chris will be back with us very soon. That's my hope, and I'm sure he hopes for the same as well. But let's not dilly-dally. Let's jump into the weather here, and something a little different today. So... With our normal focus being on news taking place here in the U.S., we don't often get the chance to touch on things happening overseas. However, there are some major events taking place right now that are definitely worth talking about. First, we look to England, where Boris Johnson, Prime Minister since 2019, has officially resigned from his position. His resignation was announced on Thursday in a short briefing to the public, following two days of mass cabinet resignations and a push from his party to step down. There are several reasons for this course of action from the English Conservative Party, but they more surround issues of ethics rather than problems of performance. There have been several scandals throughout Johnson's time in office that has put his character under heavy questioning. 
some of the most prominent of which include his attendance at illegal parties during the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic, sexual harassment claims, and bullying of conservative lawmakers promoted by Prime Minister Johnson. The total number of cabinet members that resigned ahead of Johnson's announcement exceeded 50 and included people that he had assigned to fill in the abandoned posts. Now, what comes next? There is currently debate on whether Johnson should stay on as a caretaker until a new leader can be established. There is also talk within the Conservative Party of appointing a temporary leader until their election season in the fall. In the fall, they will hope to pull themselves together and establish a full-time replacement for Johnson. Now, staying on world news but switching topics here, unrest has grown in Sri Lanka as the country is experiencing its worst economic conditions in 70 years. This led to plans for protests at the homes of both the country's president and prime minister. Before the weekend came, both leaders were moved to secure locations to keep them safe. This was perhaps the right call as protesters stormed the residences of both the president and the prime minister, despite both leaders saying that they would step aside and allow the parliament to take control. During the protests, the home of the prime minister was set on fire. By the time the protests came to an end, there were 39 injuries and two hospitalizations, with zero deaths reported. The Sri Lankan parliament will now work to pick new leaders until their next elections, where the people will have the chance to pick their next leaders. And switching topics one more time on the world stage, the final world story to talk about today is the assassination of former Japan Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Abe was fatally shot on Friday while giving a speech for a political candidate running for a spot in the upper house of parliament. The police have identified 41-year-old Tetsuya Yamagami as the suspect in the shooting. The motive for the killing, according to Yamagami, is that he believed Abe was associated with a group that he held a heavy grudge against and intended to kill the former prime minister because of it. With Japan having some of the most strict gun control laws in the world, the killing came as a major shock to the country and the world. And just to put this in perspective, last year there was only one gun-related killing, not including accidents or suicides. However, police discovered that the gun used was homemade, and also revealed that Yamagami had been part of Japan's navy for three years. When his home was searched, police found more homemade guns and boards seemingly used as target practice. It was also discovered that there was a flaw in Abe's security team, though few major details have been released on that subject to this point. The investigation is still ongoing, and we are expected to hear more as those investigations move forward. Switching back to news inside the country, on Friday, President Biden signed an executive order to try and protect the rights to an abortion for women all across the country. The main point to this executive order is to really get the gears turning on how to best protect that right at the federal level and includes several pieces. The first part of the executive order states that the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services will submit a report to the president in 30 days outlining several matters, including how to protect and expand access to things such as medication abortion, along with contraception, both in the long-term sense and when it comes to emergency contraception, 
which could include finding a way to expand the access to free or reduced-cost birth control under the Affordable Care Act. Along with this, the report will attempt to identify the best steps on how to promote awareness of reproductive health services nationwide, so that anyone that needs these services can get the information on how to obtain them in a timely manner and with full accuracy. And finally, the report will identify steps on how to protect the right to emergency medical care for pregnant patients and those experiencing pregnancy loss such as miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies. The order also calls for a meeting to come together between the Attorney General, the White House Counsel, pro bono attorneys, bar associations, and others to encourage them to represent patients, providers, and others that are lawfully seeking reproductive health services throughout the country. This order also calls on the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Health and Human Services to identify ways to expand protections on private data for patients and providers to ensure that data isn't being sold to those that wish to use it to stop those reproductive services from being lawfully accessed. In this same effort, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, the Chair of the Federal Trade Commission, and the Attorney General will come together to consider ways of protecting those seeking reproductive care services from being deceived by fraudulent services and to make information about access as accurate as possible. A task force will also be created, headed by the Director of the Gender Policy Council, and the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, and joined by the Attorney General along with other agency heads to identify and put together different ways of breaking down barriers to reproductive health services to the full extent of the federal law. Funding for this task force will come from the Department of Health and Human Services. In remarks made on Friday ahead of the order signing, President Biden stated that this executive order would not be enough. He said that Congress needs to step in and help as soon as possible. He promised that if Congress could find a way to codify Roe v. Wade, he would sign the bill as soon as it reached his desk. The June jobs report was released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics Friday, and it has some points that are worth noting. First off, it was stated in this report that the economy gained a total of 372,000 jobs during the month of June. With this increase, the number of private sector jobs was said to have completely recovered from the losses seen throughout the pandemic since February of 2020. In fact, according to the report, the number of private sector jobs was 140,000 above the number of jobs seen in February of 2020. And the two sectors that saw the highest number of job increases were leisure and hospitality, which gained 67,000 jobs, but still sits 1.3 million jobs below pre-pandemic levels, and healthcare, which gained 57,000 jobs and sits just 176,000 jobs below pre-pandemic levels. This report also told us that wages have seen an increase of 5.1% compared to 12 months ago. And the unemployment rate has held steady for the fourth month in a row now, remaining at 3.6%. 
Now looking away from the report to some other general economic statistics, the latest reporting from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that the inflation rate still sits at 8.6%. However, those numbers are from June. We'll be seeing the inflation report for the month of June on Wednesday, where we will be able to see the latest numbers. Meanwhile, we are seeing slight declines in the national average for gas prices. The current national average for a gallon of gas, according to AAA, is $4.68, down $0.13 cents from a week ago, and down $0.31 cents from a month ago. Meanwhile, diesel has seen more subtle drops in price, with the current average sitting at $5.65, down $0.10 cents from both a week ago and a month ago. We will have more details and more reporting on the inflation situation by Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Now getting to rapid news, Novak Djokovic has won at Wimbledon, securing his 21st Grand Slam title. Also, the Abbott Nutrition Plant in Michigan has resumed production of baby formula following months of contamination issues forcing it to shut down. And finally, the House Select Committee has scheduled its next hearing for Tuesday the 12th at 1 p.m., with the focus this time being on the formation of the mob that stormed the Capitol. Now getting into good news for this morning, we have just a, truly a kindness, kindness story here. Just kind of like those community, almost not even community, but like just person to person, stranger to stranger type beautiful good news stories. And it's a story that we've heard before in a sense, you know, but these types of stories just never fail to make me happy, never fail to make me smile. So... The story I'm talking about now that I've completely beaten around the bush to get there, a bartender in Texas got the biggest tip she could have ever asked for. And I don't mean just like, yo, it's a bit bigger than the average tip. No, $4,000 was tipped to this bartender from a woman who had no idea who this bartender was, had never met her, had never known anything about her, but just felt like tipping her that money. Apparently, the woman had just come into some inheritance and wanted to pass it along, uh, wanted to pass it on to someone who may need it. So she tipped $4,000 to this bartender, and it has changed her life because she has a son who's going off to college while she is living, uh, you know, she's been living paycheck to paycheck and tip to tip, and she feels that now with this tip, it gives her a chance to just help her son with a bit of the cost from college. He does have a grant and a scholarship, they said, but it's not quite enough to cover all the fees and some of the other costs, so now she feels like she'll be able to help at least for a little while. Also, she's gotten the chance to take her family to a nice dinner and to pay off some bills with that money. So this was just truly a, you know, just either life-changing or definitely like a year-changing experience for her uh, to have someone that she had never met before, never seen before, just tip that much when you're living in those conditions, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, tip to tip. Something like that can change your life, especially in the times we're living in right now. You know, just we're, you know, we were just talking about the economic conditions right now with the inflation and everything that's going on. Prices are a bit higher right now. And so a tip like that can change 
everything can change so much. You know, $4,000 in those kind of conditions can really just make someone's year. So truly awe-inspiring. I love these types of stories. You know, you have some of the big grand stories, these grand good news stories that we have on here that are just these huge events or these huge moments. Um, the first one that comes to mind is like the Nobel Peace Prize winner that donated uh, the money that he got from his auctioned off medal to help children of Ukraine. Those types of grand stories, they're wonderful. I love them. They are some of my favorites. However, right up there alongside those giant, you know, grand stories are these just kind of simple, smaller, person to person, stranger to stranger, beautiful good news stories. They make me smile. This one definitely does. This one is no different. Truly just an amazing way uh, to fill out this good news section, I'd say. But that is the end of this Monday morning episode, you guys. We'll be back here on Wednesday with another episode of Idiots in the News. And then we'll be back here on Friday for a wrap-up in the news week, including a breakdown of the hearing from Tuesday. So don't miss out on that. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter, you guys. Link in the show notes. Share us around. We're on all platforms, all po- all podcasting platforms you can think of. Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, you name it, we're probably on there. So share us around to your family and friends. If you like what we do, if you think they like what we do, thank you for supporting us. Thanks for being here with us. And we'll be here back again on Wednesday. See you later, guys.